Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Chris Paul's thrilled at this move. Thrilled. Okay. Ecstatic. And this is going to be, he's, he's gone to war with Steph Curry. They were friends and their families have been friends from North Carolina when they were boys. And when you go to war with somebody that you respect like Draymond and Steph Curry, and then you come together later in it, this should really, really, really be an asset to go to state. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. We take a pause from watching Cornhole on TV to bring you uh, three hours of radio. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. You heard Michael Wilbon uh, just a little while ago talking about the uh, uh, the fit that Chris Paul potentially brings to the Golden State Warriors. And I will admit, I'm kind of wrapping my head around this. Mm. I I don't know that it's as bad as I thought it sounded initially, that maybe Chris Paul at Golden State brings him his last chance of winning a ring. Now, I I can wrap my head around that take. Okay. I don't know I don't know if I'm buying him as a starter right now, Josh. And that's fine. That's, Which that's fine. I didn't really think about that until earlier today and was like his skill set does not suit itself for a starting five role at Golden State. And it it, it doesn't say anything to his ability. It's more I just don't see his kind of smooth groove, set the pace kind of flow matching with Steph and Clay, who are pedal to the metal all the time. Yeah. I, I just don't see that fitting. I and, and I think that's okay. I, I think where that comes into play with, with Chris is whether he accepts that. Because I, I've mm. seen some iterations of how a starting lineup would look next year that doesn't have Chris Paul in it. And, um, you know, I think the one thing about him is he's a veteran, but can he lead? Not to say that you know he can't lead. Not to say he's he's incapable of it, but he is a veteran that can lead by example. He doesn't have to lead by being the raw raw guy. He can just lead by example. Yeah. And if that example is, hey, um, you know, in in Phoenix the last couple of years, you have been the point guard. You have been the glue to to Booker and to Aiton, and you know before you got hurt, Kevin Durant. You've been that guy. But now we need you to be. Um, the guy that can carry enough minutes to to get through. And if you can lead that way and accept it, I think Golden State could be right in that top three Western Conference discussion just by not creating a scene and and being that guy there. As long as he makes it through camp without getting in a fist fight with Draymond Green, uh, the Warriors will have come out ahead in this in this trade. Well, that's determining if Draymond Green's there. Ah. Because Draymond Green is set to be a free agent. He declined his player option, and Draymond, I, I think, wants to be back. Golden State wants him to be back. I, I think you bring up the other point that I, I think at some point we were going to need to get at, and that, that other point really is now that you have Chris Paul, do you need Draymond? Does that do, Does that make the team whole? Because you've said... Um, I, I want to go back to last week that you know there is there was something about that combination of Steph and Clay and Draymond that worked. Yeah, you know, 
they were different in their own ways, but those differences made them click, hmm. which is is meaningful. But Chris Paul is kind of like the guard version of Draymond. He just doesn't argue as much with officials, and he doesn't get as many technicals. But has he been known to do some kind of less, you know questionable things? Yes. Hmm. Um, do I think he plays a better role than Draymond? Yes. Um, I, I think if you're thinking about what to build around that nucleus, I think you have to consider saying goodbye to Draymond Green and being happy with Chris Paul off the bench and finding uh, maybe a, a few ways to get a bit younger and think longer term. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's difficult to compare roles between a point guard and a power forward yeah. because they – play two totally different styles of basketball. But um I, I, I could foresee kind of the, the the stance that you're making. Um man, I I don't I don't know a team outside of Golden State that would be willing to pay Draymond what Draymond is probably looking for. And it's gotta be more than twenty seven mil. Exactly. That's what he's walked so, away from. Yeah, no, I to me it it almost just seems like a matter of time before uh, Golden State and Draymond settle on maybe a a three year deal or something like that, you know, to secure him for the next few. Uh, it definitely won't be a super max contract for the next, you know, seven or eight years. Yeah. I, I don't think he has that left in him, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I man, I, I hear what you're saying, Josh, but I I don't see a situation where Draymond's leaving. Okay. I I think he's still there. He, I I think. I look at it from a different perspective as to why I think it's actually best for Golden State to to fully move on. I mean, Jordan Poole's gone now. Yes. Um, and I I think it, that helps keep Draymond there. In a way, it does. Um, but I also think if you really want to wash your hands of some of the turmoil from last year that really did keep them from, yeah. from going as far as they could have, Draymond is probably a bigger part of that. Now, now in Poole's case, um. It wasn't just that practice incident. It was that Jordan Poole in the postseason was MIA. And what you're you're built to be a postseason team. And if you can't come through in the postseason, honestly, you're really not good for anything on, yeah. on that team. As, as promising as Jordan Poole can be, um, Draymond did more in the postseason than, than Jordan Poole. So, I mean, you, you get rid of one side of that. I think if you really want to wash your hands of the drama, that's why I say you you get rid of Draymond, you you don't bring him back, and it's like you've you've started a brand new slate that you can say, all right, we've we've moved on from what was one of the toughest years in recent franchise history. Yeah, and you say we're we're gonna wipe this off. We've got a new veteran in. We're going to reinvigorate Steph, um, take pressure off of him by having Chris Paul on the floor, and we're going to try to make one last run, one truly last run um, to a title because I, I don't think they have much longer to go in in order to compete for an NBA championship. I think you're down to the last two, maybe three years to do it. Man, yeah, you know, to, to Jordan Poole's, um, you know, that that whole side of the argument, he didn't need to go out and be Steph Curry. He nope. needed to go out and just get him another ten, mm-hmm. get, get him another you know eleven, twelve. I think of uh, Brown from 
uh, the Nuggets, who would yeah. go in there kind of in the, the garbage time of things and was productive. Now, he had one game during the finals that was fantastic. I think he had north of 20 points. Now, you're, you're going to get one of those every once in a while, but they don't need him to be Steph. They, they, they need a little extra production to help get them over the hump that Steph, Clay, and Wiggins aren't able to provide. So, you know, maybe Chris Paul is able to be a better version of that. If he is in the second rotation of guys, maybe he can provide that, you know, 15 on a really good night, 25, um, and also give Steph and Clay that, that much-needed rest time. All right, so let's... Let's let's take the discussion one one more way here on uh, on, on the Draymond side mm-hmm. um, and and Chris Paul included. If you had to rank a top three in the West, let's start with a Golden State team without Draymond with Chris Paul. Mm. Does Golden State make the top three? No. Okay. With Draymond and with Chris Paul. Is Golden State a top three team in the West? Maybe. I mean, it, it really comes down to if you think they can beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. Ooh. Because they, they just lost to the Lakers. Uh-huh. So, I mean, number one, I, I, I've got Denver. Number two, I've got Phoenix. Yep. And then the next one is either the Lakers or the Warriors. Ooh. That's three and four. So, do you think that you need Draymond and... um? Chris Paul to be able to take him down in the series. Wow, um, I don't, I, I don't know that. I see. I don't believe that you need Draymond. Yeah, I, to 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 take anybody down in a series. But the funny thing is, I don't know that you need Chris Paul either. But does Chris Paul do the things? That makes Steph better. That, does he do the? Does things he create make, an environment that allows Steph to go off for forty? Yes. Does he make Clay better? I think so. Does he make Wiggins better? I think so. Draymond does a lot of things that are 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 kind of hidden. Um, when he wants to get his, he can. He he very much can pick his spots there. But does anything that he does, as long as his is you know four points, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But how much of what he does? I mean, the only thing that I think that he does that takes the pressure off of Steph and Clay is he takes pressure off of them defensively. Mm. I, I don't know that that's enough. And at some point, um, you, you need to make Steph do less offensively. At some point, I think Chris Paul can help. I think institute a more pick and roll type of game in Golden State, where right now Golden State's offense with Steph, he's just running around the floor, finding ways to get open, working off of off ball screens, trying to get the ball and getting a quick shot. Whereas Steph is only getting older. You can't keep doing that and shooting at a high percentage Mm. because you're just kind of running down your body with all of the amount of running that you're doing on one side of the court. If Chris Paul can bring a more um, pick-and-roll type of offense there, allow Steph to just kind of settle and shoot and not have to run all over the place, uh, that that could help extend his, uh, his career a little bit. Man, think about Steph being able to shoot open, set looks. Right. Instead of coming off the screen and shooting unbalanced, and they still hit like nobody's business. But imagine if 
he was in rhythm and shot a little bit closer to a, a Clay Thompson where he's just waiting on the ball. Um, now, with that in mind, if Chris Paul is a one, you moved Steph to two, kind of a one slash two. I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think you have to. And then you move Clay to kind of a two slash three. Yeah. Now, some teams just label all of them guards mm-hmm. rather than point guard or shooting guard. They just say, we're, we're playing with three guards. Right. That's true. And then Wiggins would be a forward. And then I guess if Draymond was in that starting five, he'd be kind of a power forward. Something like that. And he would be tasked with guarding whoever the big man is. Yeah, I think that's another part of the point is like at, at some point. See, I don't know if – to go back to your point earlier, I don't know if Chris Paul is a starting point guard. Hmm. Um, at this stage of his career, um, can he be more meaningful as someone that can give you 20 to 25 minutes off the bench? That very much depends on, on what your lineup is. And I have zero problem. In fact, I kind of like the idea of, uh, of Chris Paul coming off the bench. But I think how, how else do you build up that lineup? Like the way you were just putting it out there told me that there was no room for Draymond. Mm. Told me that and, and Draymond's not going to go back and be like, oh, I'll be a six-man off the bench. Like, it, it just kind of it, it showed me that you could you could put a lineup that could win and not have Draymond Green in it. Could you get a, a solid, you know, if with that, that lineup right there, Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, and Wiggins, could you get a substantial big man for much cheaper than what you're burning for Draymond? I think that's out there. You think so? I, I think that's out there. Okay. Somewhere. Man, I don't know. Um, it's hard to find a, a quality big man in general, which can which can make that a little bit difficult. Um, I don't know who that person would be. There might be. I'm just not thinking of it. What if they brought in like a Stephen Adams? Yeah, and Stephen Adams was in Memphis. He he didn't play in the postseason because he was exactly. Hurt. It's not a bad idea. Not like a, a bad idea. A, a quality big man like that um, probably can't afford a, a Lopez. He might be a touch bigger than that, mm-hmm. but um, I'm thinking along those lines where Draymond's going to cost an arm and a leg, and then you start wondering, like, okay, value. I guess he's been a part of all these championships, but to me, he's the quickest um, changeable piece. Okay. Well, I see, and that was going to lead me to another of question. Of that crew. Quickable, quickest changeable piece, Draymond or Clay? Draymond. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Clay's one of the best sharpshooters in the league. See, this is what Golden State's going to have to realize, and, and I realize that Mike Dunleavy Jr. in his opening, you know, press conferences, the new GM was like, "Hey, you know, we want to bring Draymond back," and and, and I get that. Um, you got to kind of play that game. Yeah, you know, there you, you certainly have an affinity for what's gotten you to this point, and you want to uh, celebrate that, and you don't you don't ever want to break that up, but at, at, at some point. You know, you have to come to your senses and realize that um, this is not necessarily a game of just uh, affinity. Uh, this is this is a game of winning championships. And when you know, um, and we've seen other teams when they know their time has been closing, and other sports do this as well. When you when you know that that's there, you've got to make some really hard decisions. Yeah. And I think Golden State's in that position where it's got to make some really hard decisions. And I think making the trade for Chris Paul was one of those really hard decisions. It's not popular. Mm. Chris Paul is kind of polarizing. Um, but could it pay off? I think it could. Mm. Um, and I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan, and I'm even open to this. 
um, which I which I think is kind of interesting. Let let's set up the show. Um, NBA draft was last night. We'll we'll go over some of what we took away from that, including of course Victor Wembenyama. Um, there are a lot of people still trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about Victor uh, coming up in a little bit. Four o'clock. Um, Juan Munoz got his eighth year of eligibility. He learned it yesterday. It was announced today. Uh, you'll hear a little bit of Juan um, coming up in a little bit because we got to talk to him via Zoom uh, a little while ago. And a trade in Tamia, Gold Glove second baseman from Air Force. He is a Waikia High School alum. We'll talk to him live coming up in the five o'clock hour. When we come back, we will look back at the draft. And uh, it was predictable at number one. But here's how you know that someone could be that next transcendent star. You already knew the result. You still watched anyway. That's coming up next. It's Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, if we needed to put any more pressure on Victor Webinyama, uh, we found a way to do that. That's coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, cycle alert from uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, if you're if you're wondering, the Cincinnati Reds are just brutally hot right now, um, thanks to the San Francisco Giants getting uh, creamed yesterday by the San Diego Padres. Their win streak is over. The Reds, it's not. They have won 11 in a row. They are game and a half up in the National League Central. And Ellie De La Cruz hits the cycle today. He got a triple in the sixth inning. It's the first cycle for the Cincinnati Reds since uh, Eric Davis did it back on June 2nd, 1989. Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, this kid already is doing phenomenal stuff. And he, I mean, he's a rookie, and uh, they are. Um, I mean, he's he's just added to what has been a, a, a phenomenal start to the year. By the way, Reds up eleven to seven on the Atlanta Braves. They're in the bottom of the seventh inning. I'm sure you'll get some more of that uh, in a Sports Center update coming up in just a little bit. Um, if we need to put pressure on Victor Webinyama, yeah. Um, all you need to do is look at the ratings from the NBA draft yesterday. Uh, NBA draft first round ratings up 24% from last year on both ESPN and ABC. The 8 p.m. Eastern quarter hour, which is where the first pick was selected, uh, peaked with just under 6.1 million viewers. The average viewer in the first round, 4.92 million. So you had over a million more people watching in that first quarter hour uh, to hear Victor Webinyama's name called. And uh, it's funny because we were talking about this a little while ago. Name me if you went into the draft. Yeah. Could you have named the five guys who have been would have been drafted in the first round? No. I could have only named two, probably Victor Webinyama and and Brandon Miller. Um, Isn't there another one like named Scoops or something? Or <laughs> Scoops. Is that um, it? I, it's it's. Um, it, it's I think it's Scooty I think is what it is. Anyway, Scoots. It, it, <laughs> Our point exactly. You're 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 making my point. Um, uh, Scoot Henderson. I'm Scoot sorry. Scoot Henderson. Where, where Not get, Scoops. Where did I get Scooty from? Not Scoops. Ahoy. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but you you had one guy who played um, college ball, picked in the top five. That's it. Wow. 
And that was Brandon Miller, who played at Alabama. Somewhere LeVar Ball is laughing. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Scoot Henderson, by the way, was a a G League Unite guy. Um, One of those uh, those programs. Um, Amon Thompson, Alsar Thompson were both part of, um, I think, uh, uh, USA Elite, I think is what that that team was called. Uh, I'm sorry, Overtime Elite. Overtime Elite. But... um, I mean, not like there's been all the pressure in the world put on Wembenyama, but he's like the, one of the few guys that you know, and so many people were really watching, I think as the ratings prove, just for him. Yeah. I feel like the expectations now on him are so high. I wonder what it's going to take to meet those expectations. I agree. I mean, if you're putting those kind of numbers out just for people to tune in to see if he is the first overall pick. And the thing is, we all knew he was. Of course. Like, it's trying to think of what that would be compared. It'd be like back in 08 uh, during the Olympics. We knew Phelps was going to win every single time he was in the pool. But we tuned in. <laughs> we knew he was the best. You thought of Phelps because we've been watching Ryan Lochte on Cornhole. On Cornhole, there is. he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was trying to think of a, a worthy comparison right there. But uh, there's potential for him to be a needle mover, Josh. If, if he's doing this kind of stuff before he's even played a quarter in the NBA, um, I mean, th- there was hype like this for Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even out of high school. Where was he going to go to college? Where was he going to go in the pros? Um, and then before that, man, it really it, – there wasn't anything like that without LeBron. I think LeBron was the one before that. Webb and Yama's hype was so different than Zion's. Um, I think for a You're couple right. of reasons. Um, and, and how people got to know him I, I think was part of that. And, and, you know, when, when we come back, I, part of where I want to take that to is maybe where college basketball is the sport that might most suffer from all of this. Mm. Um, not just with Webb and Yama, but the fact that only one of the top five picks was a player from college. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. Mention ESPN Honolulu and get the $7.50 special at the Pagoda Restaurant, now located in the International Ballroom. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweetbread, French toast, or omelets. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m., weekends till noon. For details and menu, visit PagodaHawaii.com. More on the draft and the hype and the expectations and college. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench. Thanks for taking us along here on your Friday. It is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Um, So let's talk about, before we get to the overall effect on the draft, on the college game and all that. Let, let's let's get back to what we were talking about with uh, Victor Wembanyama yeah. and um, expectations. Okay, more people watched the draft this year than last, and we knew you were going number one. People wanted to see what a seven-foot-plus kid um, that's scrawny 
uh, looks like. They wanted to see what the hype would be. All right. Got it. I I don't know what expectation you could put on this kid that would say is is good enough. And that's what's scary, I think, about this this whole hype. Because we were we were talking in the last segment about how the hype was different, I think, with with LeBron and then with Zion and then here. Because I, I think this hype is similar to the LeBron hype. Um you know, when LeBron had his year at at Lower Marion, right? Yep. Um no, it wasn't Lower. No, that, that, was that was Kobe. Um, Le- LeBron. When, LeBron played for a Catholic high school around Cleveland. Was it St. Mary's? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. The Irish. So, um, you know, you had his high school games put on ESPN two. Um, he was visible because you knew that he was going to be the number one pick in the following year, and you were just kind of forecasting up to that point and giving the country an ability to see him. Otherwise, you know, all of this talk about, um, you know, all of this talk about, um, you know, oh, here, you know, here's the best player in the NBA, and, well, you know, we haven't seen him. Yeah. You know, Zion was different because you had the year at Duke. Yep. Um, you know, Webb and Yama is closer to LeBron because uh, the NBA actually prepped him for the NBA. You know, he was playing for, what, the Metropolitan 92s, and... Um, he didn't have to go to college. Yeah. The NBA... From France. The NBA would put his games on their network, and they would stream their games because the NBA knew there was no doubt that the number one pick was going to be him, and they knew that he was playing overseas. Hey, let's give fans in the States an opportunity to see him. And so they found ways, whether it was on NBA, you know, I think there were a couple of games that were on ESPN+. Plus. They also set up something where the, the, the Metropolitan team played a couple of G League teams um, to have some of that familiarity. He was socially, on social media... He was like the most visible player last year. And he mm. didn't even play in the NBA. He was the NBA's most visible player on social media. Really? Yeah. They were kind of preparing us for this for a while. Yeah. And they were smart. They knew that many people would – I hate to compare this to Jokic, but for all those people that hadn't seen Nikola Jokic up until these NBA finals, those people sleeping under rocks – um, that there would be some of those people uh, with with Wembenyama. Oh, we can watch um, you know first take and hear Stephen A. You know gush about him, but mm, haven't seen him. Haven't seen what this seven foot plus kid can do. Um, now there's no excuse because you put him on on plus or you put him on NBA TV, and now you've given people a, a reason to see him. So that when you see him drafted, he's not as much of a surprise anymore. Mm. It's 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 smart. I wish the NBA did a better job pushing some of their own players um, the way yeah. that they pushed Victor Webmanyama. Again, smart. But it does raise the stakes as far as what you consider um, meeting the criteria of being that hyped. And I don't know about you, you know, LeBron, the thing with LeBron is he reached that. Almost immediately, as soon as he took a team to the finals, even though they lost in Cleveland, and it was to San Antonio, no less, that you knew, okay, LeBron has the capability. 
he's going to meet some of these expectations, and he's won titles. I feel like it was his first game, to be honest, Josh. Uh Uh His first game, he comes down, you know, hits that little jumper, and then like a couple possessions later, he gets that steal Uh and then goes down and does his signature kind of side tomahawk um, slam dunk, and you're like, goodness, who is this guy? Um, And you're like... Kobe who? Right. I mean, immediately you, 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 he demanded your attention. And then when he started making playoff runs and finals runs, then you're like, okay, this guy's for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that's a good question. But what is the measuring stick? What's the barometer for Wimbayama arriving? Because the, the Spurs are not good. Yeah, they're not, um, and I, I, I think it will be a couple of years until they are. Mm-hmm. It might be with a new coach. Um, I don't I don't know how long Greg Popovich is going to hang around. Yeah. Um, I, I I think the the barometer has to be, well, how many titles are you going to win? If you're going to be related to the LeBron standard. Mm-hmm which is kind of the way he's been hyped. And LeBron was measured to the Jordan standard. Yep. And you know, it's 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 also along with that, it's it's also the way of um I I, I think the comparison because that that was the comparison, right? Yeah. I think yeah, can you can you win as many championships as LeBron did? So I I I'm I'm curious with the comparison, you know, we think about all-time greats. Mm-hmm. The, the, the comparison right now is is hype. It is. Um, I almost feel like with a big guy like that, you have to compare him with guys like Duncan. You got to compare him with guys like Kareem. Um, you got to compare him with guys maybe like even a Shaq or mm-hmm. something like that. But the thing um, is, I don't think you can compare him to any of them because he is such a different player that I, I think based on height, sure. Um, if if you want to go a little a little closer to um, you know, I, what you compare him to, Dirk is maybe the cl- one of the closest things. But then again, Webinyama is probably five times more athletic than Dirk Nowitzki is. Okay, you could look at Kevin Durant is who's probably the closest thing. But Kevin Durant's probably like you know way more built than Webinyama is. Sure, and I I understand that, uh-huh. but I guess it's 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 all gonna you know come into understanding when we start watching him play because. I haven't seen a big guy like him before just take the ball off the dribble and just score just score at will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All those other guys, when we think of greatest ever, Michael, LeBron, Kobe, like those guys in that conversation, right. they had that ability mm-hmm. to put the team on their back and be like, I'm going to go win this game. Um, whereas some of those bigger guys, I don't want to take anything away from their greatness. They They were great in their role. As big men. Right. And so he is kind of from what I've heard, what I've seen on his uh, his highlight tapes, is occupying kind of a new space. I think that's true. I think it is true. So I think you're occupying new space, but I think you're also following a, a, a certain footstep of what success is supposed to look like. So if I model Wembenyama to LeBron, because I do think their paths, at least to start, are a little bit of the same. Yeah. LeBron was drafted to a bad team. 
Wembenyama is being drafted to a bad team. That I'm not going to put the barometer right away at. I mean, well, eventually I'm going to put the barometer on championships. Um, LeBron's won four. Yeah, not to you know make that point to to V, but mm-hmm. hey, LeBron's won four. Um, but can you take a team that is less than well less than great and make them a playoff team? Mm. You know, I, and I think then that's MVPs what, will come that's if you're doing we, that. That's what we don't know about him. See, Wembenyama uh, was a standout player on a team that actually was not just about him. I mean, his teammate, Bilal Koulibaly, uh, who also played for Metropolitan's 92, was a was the number seven pick. Uh, picked by Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, was ultimately traded to, uh, to, to, to Washington. So, you know, that was a, a, a really good team. It wasn't just, oh, here's this freak of nature kid, and, oh, you know, forget everybody else. No, they had a, they had a couple of good players. So I want to see right out of the gate, can you turn San Antonio from this bland, um, uninteresting team to a team that is you know, doubly exciting, and even if you don't, I'm not asking you to go to the finals, but get to the playoffs. Yeah. See, can you be a guy that carries a team to the postseason? Carries a bad team to the postseason because if you can, then I can put you right along the early LeBron line when LeBron could do that for Cleveland when he had nobody. Yeah. 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 That to me sets that that early bar. Then because I, I don't I don't want to throw everything at Wembenyama right away. No. I, don't, I don't think it's totally fair. But then you can be like, all right, you've accomplished that. Now what's the next thing? Okay, when do we expect you to get to a finals? I- I'm really just curious to see, what, like, yes, he has this crazy athleticism. Yes, he has the scoring ability in Europe. Mm-hmm. I want to see how productive that is here against NBA guys. Yep. Although Europe is highly competitive. I don't want to take anything away from those guys. But it's guys. not the NBA. It's not the NBA. And hype is one thing. Production's a totally different thing. That's what I'm... Without putting any expectation on the kid, I'm I'm more curious. I'm more curious to see his style of play and what he brings to the table. I think that and how he translates that yeah. will go along the lines of what what he carries, how he carries, um, because I think that will make a difference. And I and I do believe he's he's got a bulk up. He I mean he's he's seven four two thirty seven. He looks like he's seven four one fifty. Yeah. Um. And and grand look. Height and weight can sometimes be a bit disproportionate. I do believe he's he's got to add a little bit more a little more muscle to his legs because I don't want him to become the next Sean Bradley. Um, you know, I, uh, just from from a height standpoint, not a not a game standpoint. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to see him build up. I think he's got to if he wants to have longevity in this league and uh, and not be a guy that. You know, sorry, but Greg Oden, uh, Greg Oden. Yeah, you know, was uh, was not long in this league because he was a little brittle. If he's only okay, if he's a foot and a half taller than I am, and he only outweighs me by forty five pounds. Okay, I didn't know your uh, your weight, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> but like forty seven, if you want to get precise, I think I'm like one ninety five right now. Okay, thank you. That's was that as of uh, this morning? That was like two days ago. Oh, gotcha. Um, not that we're counting. Yeah, to me, you got to put some. 
put some uh, some pounds on on that rear end, my brother. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're gonna stand with the Jokic's, the Embiid's, the Giannis's, those guys are physical specimen, and they will eat you alive. Yeah. Um. But yet again, just because he's seven four doesn't mean he's gonna be down low with with this skill set that we're you know kind of talking about. Um. And uh, in, in the next segment, Josh, I would love to hear if you have a nickname idea for this guy, and not the the typical Wemby <laughs> Wemby stuff. I that, that's so so I, simple. I I want to know if you've put any more thought into where they're going to go with his nickname. I, I honestly put any thought into it, but I guess I will during the break. There we go. Uh, that coming up first, our M Dyer Global scoreboard, which is brought to you by M Dyer Global. Uh, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, they're in the bottom of the 10th inning in New York. Uh, Rangers have a 4-2 lead on the New York Yankees. There was a bizarre play in this game. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa Our boy. went to go steal second. Stole second. Okay. He thought he was out. So he left the base. He left the pizza box? He did. Subsequently was uh, was tagged out. Oh, brother. Yeah, um, not something you you, uh, you see all the time. Uh, that game, uh, the conclusion of that game is on our sister station, uh, CBS 1500. Uh, meantime, bottom eight, Cincinnati on that 11-game uh, winning streak, up 11-10 to 10 on Atlanta, bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, you've already got a player who's hit for the cycle in that game. Uh, you've also got uh, the Red Sox up on the White Sox, 3-1, to one, bottom of the sixth inning. Angels, Rockies tied at two, top four. Nationals, fathers, no score. Uh, going to the bottom of the first, and I'll uh, I'll throw a bone your way. Travelers Championship. Woo! They've, com- they've completed two rounds. I needed to to, to give one to you. Uh, the Keegan- last of the uh, um, special events for the year. Yes, Keegan Bradley, Denny McCarthy, fifteen under par, uh, two stroke lead over Ches Reeve going to round number three. That's your M Dyer Global scoreboard. M Dyer Global always on the move. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. For all those going to rumors this weekend, it's closed. <laughs> that was so 10 years ago. Sorry, so some people I think got flashbacks of uh, rumors. Ala Moana. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a cafe now. <laughs> Not to uh, get people's hopes up off the bench thanks bro uh, <laughs> not not that you would know i I'm, I'm doubting you've ever been to rumors i haven't been to rumors that's what i thought i've i've never been there either uh, <laughs> rumor has it oh that's right that is a song mm-hmm. um so you, you brought up before the break yeah uh, you you brought up uh victor webinyama's nicknames yeah uh i just my graphic design branding mind can't turn off and <laughs> whenever We've got uh, potentially a generational talent like Wembenyama coming into the league. Mm-hmm. I am thinking about uh, the great nicknames out there and what they're going to saddle him with. So, okay, before before we go with his nickname, yeah. uh, when you consider great nicknames, yeah. like does the big Aristotle count as a great nickname? No. <laughs> really? No. Why not? Who is that? Shaq. No. Really? Shaq is just Shaq. The big Aristotle. No. Oh, I'm stunned. So sorry. 
I mean, Shaq's his name. I mean, well, Shaquille is his name. That's I mean, not, Shaq just that's for not sure. on the same level as Magic. There are a few nicknames better than Magic. I can't believe you don't like the big Aristotle. Okay. All right. Or Air. With, with, with Jordan. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. Curry, All right. babyface assassin. You're a, you, you seem like a one-name kind of guy. One-word uh, nickname. N- I mean, not necessarily. I mean... Uh, Giannis Greek Freak, Greek Freak is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the claw for um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, with his huge hands, that's re- that's really fun. It fit when he was in Toronto because mm-hmm. their their logo had a claw over a ball. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Durant is Easy Money Sniper. Mm-hmm. That's three words. Although most people refer to him as KD. Yep, that that too. I've rarely ever heard of the easy money sniper. Which to that um to that regard, I think Wembyama for a lot of people will just be Wemby. <sighs> and, so which crazy. I I'm with you there too. I'm like, oh, come on, can we do better?" I feel like um uh, it's like Gumby. Kind of. You know the old the old cartoon. I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a second here at 808-296-1420. Like Wemby just sounds like something you'd uh uh you'd name a character on a kids yeah. cartoon. Rodman was the worm. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Wembyama nicknames. Okay, I've got one for you. Go for it. His initials are VW. Uh-huh. He's from France. Yeah. I like the French bug. The French bug. Yeah. Okay, take... Uh, okay. Okay, so VW. Like VW, the, yeah, okay. VW. Bug. And he kind of looks like a big stick bug. So you're saying that this is a bug that can be squashed? Not necessarily. I'm thinking more like a like a bad a um, praying mantis or something. Okay. okay. Yeah. How about you? What you got for uh, Wimbenyama? Ooh, um, I've been I've been thinking. Not so long and not so hard about it. Um, <laughs> literally in the commercial break, uh, I I've come up with the slender bender Ooh. for uh, Victor Webinyama. He has been described as very lean, um, but as as athletic as he is, that frame can be kind of deceiving sometimes. So uh, until he gains like forty pounds and fills out his frame, for me. Um, Victor Webinyama will be known as the Slender Bender. All right. Let's. Uh, I'm guessing Paul has something. Paul's uh, dialing in 808-296-1420. Hi, Paul. Happy Friday. Happy Aloha Friday. You sound like someone Th- who is so not happy for- about a Friday. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks happy, thanks uh, for taking uh, my happy, call. Happy Friday. This, this is my f- serious Friday. S- serious Happy Aloha Friday. I don't sing that song. No, I'm kidding. So... Uh, he's from France, right? He is from Where, France. And, yeah. Okay. So you know this, uh, you know this hunter. It's so simple. It's it's so brilliant. It's so simple. Le seal. L- Get it? Sorry. You, speak he's up so, one more time, he, Paul. L- le le seal. L e le seal. L e c l e space c i e l. Okay, explain it. Yeah, it's a sky. He's 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 going to be taller than everyone. And the ceiling, it it implies the ceiling, the sky. 
Yeah. That's, no, not going with that quick. one, Paul. That no, one's no, stunk. It's quick. No, no, it's quick. And, you know, for marketing, you know, it's it's cheap. You know, you can you can enlarge it. You can shrink it. And that's exactly what he's going to be. He's going to be the sky. And you guys, this guy's going to bulk up. You don't think he's going to bulk up? He will. Uh, yeah. can, can I say this? The Europeans are coming, okay? Don't discount this. They, they come in, man. There's probably, there are probably 50 more of these guys up there, and it's just the NBA conspiracy. We got to protect the American product, okay? You heard it here first. Let's feel. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Now, you. okay, um, just because um, wow. Europeans are playing basketball doesn't mean that we're losing a product. They're helping our product. Jokic playing in the NBA is fantastic for the world of basketball. I'm sorry. Fantastic. I, I'm, I'm sorry. When he said Lucille, you know the the only thing that came to my mind? Lucille. No. Oh. Those <laughs> really um, corny, kind of um, ki- kind of odd uh, perfume commercials. Okay. Yeah. Think like but like Johnny like, Depp coming out of the ocean or yeah, something. Like yeah. Like really like the one Cristiano Ronaldo and he's and he's and he's yeah. out of the ocean and his hair is wet. And it's like be less, unforgettable. Less, uh, they got confused with somebody. Yeah. Lucille available at Macy's by Giorgio Armani. Store. Like yeah, creepy totally. stuff. Yeah. It is all the creepy stuff. <laughs> That's what I get from Lucille. No. No. <laughs> If you have to take like 10 minutes to explain to people what Lucille is, it's not a nickname. It's a fragrance product. If we're looking for something French and tall, why not just go Eiffel Tower? Ooh. There we go. <laughs> why didn't we ask her How about sooner? the Eiffel shooter? <laughs> I, uh, tower's better. Why, it why, is. why didn't we ask Liz sooner? That's the not Eiffel, bad. The Eiffel Tower. It, it's simple. It's all thanks to Paul, really. Thank you, Paul. No, it's no thanks to Paul. He came up with a <laughs> fragrance brand. <laughs> My gosh. Sports Center and traffic's on the way. Your text as well. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Well, the words of Juan Munoz, who uh, we all got to talk to earlier today, he was granted his eighth year of eligibility by the NCAA after missing the last two seasons because of injury. Uh, we'll see Juan Munoz in 2023-2024 when uh, uh, the uh, Rainbow Classic gets started, the new season gets underway. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about Juan coming up in just a little bit. It is off the bench. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. Apparently this whole uh, Victor Webinyama nickname thing has stuck. Didn't think it would. Thought it might be one of those like throwaway final segments. <laughs> um, turns out it uh, it stuck. Catching some wind, uh, with the exception of Paul. <laughs> uh, texter from the uh, eight 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 via our Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, remember, for those that are just tuning in here at the top of the hour, we were talking about nicknames. We took a call from Paul, and Paul said um, he had the perfect nickname. His uh, his nickname, which he took a minute to explain was Lucille, which I, I don't recall. L-E space C-I-E-L. Yeah. When, uh, when at first I thought it was 
like seal, like you know, monk seal, yeah. like S E A L. No, it's not. Um, and then he, I, I don't remember even the expe- explanation. Was it the ceiling the or ceiling. the sky? Or I, I don't He's, know. Yeah. Again, you have to take a minute. It to was explain an abbreviated it. form of the word ceiling. Yeah. Le seal. Texter from the eight eight eight. Le seal was le cringe. <laughs> I could not agree more. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> um. One more here. Uh, Texter from the three four two had some had some nicknames that we thought of uh, in the earlier segment. Names that stuck: Big Daddy Diesel, Shaq, Diesel. Yeah, Diesel. Yep. Uh, the Big Feeling. I don't remember that though. I don't Was that the, his other one? Uh, there's you know Aristotle, the Big Aristotle. I don't know the Feeling one, but um, I remember Diesel for sure. And then uh, great nickname. Scott texted in one of the better ones, uh, Robert Ori's nickname, Big Shot Bob. A big Shot Bob was a really good one. And the thing with his, like, he earned it. Yep. Um, you know, he didn't. Iverson, the answer. Yeah. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Uh, I think uh, let's let's get back on the uh, the slender bender train. Uh, Joe is in here at 808-296-1420. Hi, Joe. Hey, how's it? Hello, guys. Hey, I just wanted to say I, I – uh, with uh, Juan Bayama's uh, nicknames kind of thing. Uh, looking at Juan Bayama's first name, he's Victor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's coming from Europe. So it made me think of the Marvel Comics, the Fantastic Four's greatest villain, Dr. Victor Von Doom, Juan Bayama. <laughs> Dr. Doom. <laughs> and that, That's and not me, bad. Like, you know, coming over from Europe to America, right? To take on all of us Americans and destroy us, supposedly. Made me think of the comic books. <laughs> okay, you know what? And is that gonna be? Yeah, that's that is better than way Lucille. better than Lucille. <laughs> way better. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you, Joe. Thank Appreciate you, Joe. you listening. All right, have a great um, day. Bye I, now. I, uh, no, apparently now we're gonna we're gonna hit our uh, our ranking system. Yeah. Um. I, I, this is I guess this is our new way of, uh, of 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 finding ways to get people on the leaderboard. Ranking Victor Webinyama nicknames from the listener. There, there was only one way to get to the top, not say Lucille. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's not bad. Doctor Doom, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Doom is is not bad at all. Just think about it. Um, if if he takes on uh, Joel Embiid and puts up forty five on the guy, grabs twelve rebounds, and uh, and gives him one of his like worst nights ever, yeah. Victor Webinyama, the Doctor Doom, the uh, the Kryptonite of Joel Embiid. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm. I think that would. Um, you can get your nicknames into us as well. Our uh, t- our Zephyr Insurance text line is at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. We've gotten uh, uh, gotten some good ones. Uh, let me just remind the audience. Uh, yours was for for Victor, the French bug. Yeah, um, because people- it needs work. It, it no, needs work. It's, I'm, it's, I'm not. It's not quite there yet. Um, here's good news. Um, you've got a couple weeks. Yeah. Because summer league is going to get underway in Las Vegas, and you might have an opportunity between now and the end of summer league. I need to make it happen. Yeah. To to come up with a uh, with a nickname for Victor Wembenyama. You've got some time. And then or if, if Stephen A starts using it, yeah. I'm I'm calling in corporate. You can. Um, or you don't have to wait till summer league. You can just wait till uh, the start of the season in October. Um, you could do that. Um, 
only the only thing with the the the, the bug one is technically the V-dub is the Beetle. But most people call it I mean the what bug. but what do more people call the the Volkswagen Beetle? Do they call it the Beetle or do they call it the Bug? The Bug. I feel like the old school ones no. and the new school ones or the ones they discontinued are are almost referred to as two different things. Like like the Bug is the old school and the Beetle's the new school. Mm. Up until, again, the point where they, I'm pretty sure they discontinued making it. I'd be happy to admit that I'm wrong here, but I, I feel like it's always just been the V-Dub bug. Okay. Okay. Because it, it kind of even rhymes with dub and bug. V-Dub yeah. bug. But. Yeah, I guess so. I, that can make sense. Um, uh, Let's get back to what we uh, opened the hour with. You heard Juan Munoz, University of Hawaii men's basketball guard. Um, the news today, frankly, was was a little surprising to me that he was granted an eighth year of eligibility by the NCAA. Um, his story is, uh, it's it's rare. It's not often you get it. Um, but to see someone granted uh, another you know year technically of hardship because of an injury um, is, you know, sometimes the NCAA... People feel like the NCAA gives you a good, you know, is looking for a good reason to say no. Mm. And there are a lot of people who have their issues with the NCAA, and I think they they like to project a lot, um, baselessly, frankly. But I think this is one of those areas where I think the NCAA does try to do good, even if it is not perfect. Um, in Juan Munoz's case. He played a half of an exhibition game, lost his season yep. because of a, a of an injury after looking great in, in an exhibition game. And it was not clear, even though Hawaii and, and, and Munoz would try, it was not clear whether he'd get that year back after already getting a year back because of the injury that sidelined him the entire previous season. Mm-hmm. So when the NCAA grants that waiver and grants that year of eligibility, it's a reminder to people, hey, the NCAA and, and, and the committee that does that, they, they do have a heart. For, mm. for those that believe the NCAA is such a, such a cold-hearted entity, it's not always that. Well, I, I actually think they had an institutional shift after COVID. Mm. It felt like... And I felt like you said it very well. It seemed as if the NCAA was always looking for ways to not say yes mm-hmm. before. And now they're looking for any opportunity to say yes, mm. to give people more time, to mm. give people more years. Um, even the leniency with NIL, with transfer portals. Um, all of that was not possible whenever I was a player. And not that long ago, I graduated in 2017. So we're we're not even going on, uh, you know, five and a half years at at, at this point. Right. Um, we're in a new era right now, and th- th- there were times when teammates of mine who had credible um, reasoning for getting an extra year were not granted it, and um, uh, it's kind of a, a new NCAA that we're experiencing and, and living in the reality of right now, Josh. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I I think, 
you know, having that, you know, when they granted that extra COVID year, um, you know, I, I think they realized, you know, some some people didn't have a year to, to play their sport, so that yeah. that that did make a difference. Um, and and I I, I think. The idea of, and this, I think it's a reminder to the organization, the idea of, yeah, you know, we need to remind ourselves about the student-athlete experience, which is why NIL has been so important. The, the idea of the student-athlete experience, I think, has come to, come to mind again to the NCAA. I think the other thing that, that the NCAA got on – or kind of got them on to think back to uh the the women's basketball tournament a couple of years ago when the ncaa was outed for um giving the women's tournament a much you know very little as compared to the men very lack of equality there it was um shameful frankly mm. and uh, the ncaa was was called out for that and and rightfully so this is one of those areas where it, it made sense you know, Juan Munoz, and I think here's the other reason why I think it, it it makes sense. Juan Munoz already has his master's. There we go. That was going to be my question was how far into his educational career has he gone? Yeah, that's, that's definitely encouraging. He's got his master's. He's had his master's for a couple of years now. <laughs> Epic. Um, Good for him. He, he took classes to re- retain eligibility last year. He's going to take some classes to retain eligibility this year. Um, I remember that was one of the things that was asked of him earlier today, and he said, I, don't know, I haven't really thought about what I'm going to take yet. But... Intro to ceramics? Hey, um, that's something I can't do. So, there you go. You know, whatever whatever it takes. Um, and, and look, Life drawing? No, knowing Juan, Juan's not going to cheat it. Juan's a guy who's got a master's yeah. um, tells me he takes that part seriously. That's great. And, you know, more power to him. And I think that's what makes it easier. I, I, think, I, I think you and I might have talked about it before. Um, the NCAA should have policies that reward those that graduate, reward those that have gone beyond graduation. Not Stetson Bennett, who was there for six years and got no degrees. Bingo. No degrees. And he was there for six years. That's like a record of a full-time student. I would love to know how much drag racing that kid was a part of at Georgia. I, part of me doesn't want to know. I, I don't want to know that. Uh, yeah. John, thank you for calling in at 808-296-1420. How are you? Hey, I'm thankful for that NCAA ruling today uh, for uh, Mr. Munoz, but uh, I am not about ready to become a fan of uh, the NCAA. I, like I say, you know, a blind squirrel can uh, find an acorn like once in a while, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I still remember this, the thing all the way back to them taking away the uh, – the championship banner when Yuval Cox was here, uh, you know, in volleyball. So, uh, you know, there's enough things that they've done to Hawaii where, uh, and a lot of other teams, but, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not like on their fan club. They're still on the negative side of the ledger as far as I'm concerned, but, uh, have a great day guys. Thank you, John. I appreciate you calling in. I Reggie Bush still doesn't have his Heisman. Yeah. I'm with him there. I'm a I'm a believer, and I know this is not a popular thing to say, but I'm a believer that you know if you don't give the NCAA a reason to come after you, they won't. That's true. Um, No, however minute or major it is, (laughs) kind of like the IRS. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you don't give them a reason, they won't come after you. Do your taxes. 
do them correctly and the IRS won't send you something in the mail. Or the police. Yeah. Don't give them a reason. Right. Chances are they won't come after you. You know, the NCA just punished Will Wade. Uh, Will Wade, former coach at LSU, he was given a two-year show cause order and a 10-game suspension for three level one violations back to his time at LSU. Failed to cooperate in investigation, failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance, made impermissible uh, payments to the former fiancé of a player. Also, football got hit with a level one violation, and uh, um, they had to vacate wins. Ouch. Yeah, I know. Um, Take that for for what it is. But it's not like, again, everybody makes it seem like, oh, they only go after the little guy. It's not really true. Um, they've been on Will Wade. They've been on LSU for oh, a while. Yeah. And um, it, again, don't do something to give them a reason to knock on your door. But the other, but here's the other thing that, and, and people don't realize this. The NCAA only shows up when a school reports a problem. If the, If the school doesn't report a problem, the NCAA usually doesn't come calling. This is the accountability part. This is like the the honor system um, of college athletics. That's why you have compliance departments. That's exactly right. And if the compliance department thinks that something might be wrong, the clients the, the compliance department is the one that ends up reporting it to to the NCAA. And then the NCAA makes the determination on whether it's something they need to investigate or whether it's something that they can say, you know what, this is okay. Thanks for um, you know being safe about it, but no, it's fine. I mean, again, for for all those that just want to throw eggs at the NCAA, you, you kind of forget where it starts. Since we're on the topic, and this might press us into the uh, the next segment. It definitely will. <laughs> Penny Hardaway getting three-game suspension at Memphis mm-hmm. for an assistant coach and then him, Penny Hardaway, going to an official visit in a player's home. Mm-hmm. And they're getting a three-game suspension for that. Yeah. To me, that's overkill. Okay. We'll talk about that coming up on the other side because I want to know why you think that's overkill. Um, speaking of uh, – well, actually, this is not speaking of overkill. This is um, over-the-top food for the <laughs> amount of money you'd pay uh, when you pay $7.50 for the special – I, I, I tried to segue that, and I basically <laughs> – more money than what – or more, more bang value. For, more bang for your buck. There we go. We found it. All it's right. Friday. Take five. Mention ESPN Honolulu and get the $7.50 special at the Pagoda Restaurant, now located in the International Ballroom. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweetbread, French toast, or omelets. I can't riff on random like Chris Hart does. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m., weekends till noon. For details and menu, visit PagodaHawaii.com. Traffic, we'll talk about that Penny Hard- uh, Hardaway situation coming up. It's off the we never knew how to forfeit but we always knew how to talk off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu a traffic update in about uh three minutes or so sports center is on the way uh Penny Hardaway uh yeah. you were you were talking about that before the break so Penny Hardaway uh, got a three-game suspension for recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules uh, the infractions panel found that um, you know, they had two in-home visits with a recruit from the high school class of 2023. This goes back to 2021. 
Uh, the rule is you can only have in-person contact with high school juniors at the prospect school. This happened at the prospect's home. You disagree with the infraction uh, or the or the punishment. Tell me why. In this new reality that we're in with the NCAA, there is so much gray area with what is allowed and what is kind of not allowed and with this new name image and likeness reality that we find ourselves in they seem to be allowing pretty much anything under the sun at least that's the perception and then they want to come down on this for an assistant coach being in the the player's home and then a few months later the head coach being in the player's home mm-hmm. i get they're trying to put some regulation on the recruiting process but it it's it's not like they opened up a bank account for this kid and just started feeding it with funds or something like that. It, they they m- might have you know had poopoos in <laughs> in the li- in the living room with the 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 kid's grandma or something like that. You know it for for the NCAA to come down on this and it the the the, the penalty itself was was unique to me because if you're really that passionate from the NCAA's perspective about this not happening, make it bigger than three games. Three games is not even a week in college basketball. Um, Sometimes it can be. Sometimes it's not. Um, So to me, if you want that to not happen any further, either tell them them that you can't do this any longer, no punishment, or make it a a steeper punishment of like 10 games. It, it, It almost seems like, oh, okay, that... You know, a little smack on the on the on the the behind and get back out there, Penny. I think the three games is kind of saying, all right, we got to follow the letter of the law. You didn't. Were you trying to do something like abhorrently bad? No. Um, I think if you were trying to truly skirt the system and you were trying to really get away with stuff, I mean, he did not let compliance know, so that's a little bit of a problem. Mm. But well, yeah. he, And he said he didn't know that it was a rule. Yeah, so I can see the three games for that. That's on him. Now, if, if you did know and you just didn't care, then, okay, now, now you got a, to me, now you got a bigger problem, and I think that's where the, the bigger punishment is. But I can I can get three games. I don't know that I see maliciousness. Um, but I think you have to have some kind of punishment out there given uh, who Memphis is and who Penny is. Uh, traffic here, Sports Center on the way. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench, little uh, fighters of food. I like the mix today. You do? It's different. I have nothing to do with it. Thank you, Liz. She has nothing to do with it either. Wow. It is. It is. Um. It, it, we just have a rotation, and the rotation just happened to be on those things. So, um. Yeah. Nobody. I'm it, a fan. This is. This is. Um. This is not AI. AI <laughs> has, has nothing to do with it. I am not going to let AI creep into this radio station. The minute AI comes, that will be Josh's last day. Yeah. A- AI will not take them jobs. It's not gonna, it's not, not gonna happen. Not letting it happen. I am I am all for people, but this is uh yeah, this is one of those um automation tricks. And we'll try to keep the South Park references to a minimal oh, on this did show. You, you knew that's where of, I was? Course. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's, it's it's um it, it's not a great 
recreation. Yeah, it's not a great recreation of uh, of South Park, but it's the only thing that came to mind. Uh, we are a we are a people first business, except for all the conglomerations. We're not. Mm. We're a people first operation. Um, let's let's go back to Juan Munoz for a moment. Uh, uh, he's granted his eighth year, and I think now the the challenge is we get ready for the second week of November, which is when uh, the UH men's basketball season begins. the uh, The Rainbow Classic will get us started. We, uh, by the way, um, Rocco Miller on Twitter is reporting that Hawaii is going to play in what is called the Acrisure Invitational. Um, this is a new event. It's in Palm Desert, California. Mm. And um, you want to know how new this event is? It is so new. How new is, is it? it? Oh, I, I was trying to train Tanner on this, and Tanner yeah. was always slow to come back on it. I haven't worked with you guys on it yet. So, and, and Liz, pay attention. This is on you, too. So when I ask a question, this is so new. How new is it? Okay, let's let's get there. Um, it's so new they haven't even figured out how many teams are going to play in it yet. Great, that's we've, how new it is. Sounds like we've got a good chance of winning then. <laughs> so they have four. They have four. Um, this is, by the way, Thanksgiving weekend, um, Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay, at uh, Acrisure Arena. This is a new arena. I think it opened up last year. It's in, uh, so Palm Desert, California. And I, I think of it similarly to the, uh, the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. It's got one of those, it's, it's somewhat singular level. I think they've got some boxes up top. Uh, they spent a lot of money on it. I've been reading about the uh, concessions because, of course, I would. Um, <laughs> there's a, no, there, no, seriously, there is a concession stand that has Shaq's name on it. That's good. And um, the diesel stand? Uh, no, it's it's not called the diesel stand, um, but it is. It, they have so they have a, an outdoor food court. When you kind of first get in, before you really kind of get into the bowels of the arena, and then there's a there's an indoor one. So there's a couple of different uh, ways to kind of find something to eat and drink. Here's the shack one. It's called Big Chicken. <laughs> okay. And I I figured I'd get that reaction. And I'm I'm assuming this is Shaquille O'Neal's. Um, there's the MDE sandwich. Never heard of it. Uh, sh- but they say here, Shaq's Big Chicken will also introduce a new Acrisure Arena signature menu item, the Shaqtis. Okay. Pepper Jack cheese, pickled jalapenos, and fuego sauce. I'd try it. Is the other thing I need to know before before we go there uh, in November. So they have a pizza place. Uh, okay. Chef Giada De Laurentiis, well known chef. You see her on the Food Channel all the time. So she she's this is her place. She's a celebrity chef. Uh, so this place is called Pronto Pizza, and they feature and I quote, "Grandma slices." Okay. No. So my question is, what is a grandma slice of pizza? I'm thinking. Like- is it like a Costco size? Is it half the size of what you would get at a uh, delivery place? Is it thin? Is it big? Is it normal? What What is a, quote, grandma slice of pizza? It's a good question. I, I immediately think that it's smaller, that it's skinnier, uh-huh. that instead of, like, cutting a pizza into eighths, you cut it into sixteenths. 
and get charged for for a pizza the size of an eighth. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're letting you know. They, they slide across and go, "You're gonna hate it." <laughs> so, so anyway, um, this arena just opened up last year, and in the 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 month prior to uh, Hawaii playing in this Acrisure Invitational, the day prior, Thanksgiving Day, Michigan State and Arizona are going to play in it um, in the Acrisure Classic okay. um, on Fox. It's right after the uh, the Lions-Packers Thanksgiving Day game. Mm. And so the, the Invitational will be held the next two days. So as of right now, Arkansas State, Hawaii, San Diego, and UT Rio Grande Valley. This represents the Sun Belt, Big West, West Coast Conference, and Western Athletic Conference. And so that came out yesterday. And I look over at Rocco Miller's Twitter today, and it says, and I quote, The field is open to ex- expanding more. Uh, I'm sorry. The field is open to expanding to more teams, per sources. Stay tuned for more details soon. Which I would means, hope they'd be open to expanding to yeah, more teams. Which, which means, oh, we got this nice venue. I guess people want to play in it. Cool. We got a last minute event here. Let's 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 get more. Why not? See what Shamanad's doing. Uh Shamanad, I believe, is busy at the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. Okay. Oh, the other thing that's happening um at that venue is they have a preseason game, an NBA preseason game, the uh the the month before Lakers Suns. Okay. Going to play in that brand new venue. And, yeah, Chaminade is playing. They are part of the field of the Maui Jim Maui Invitational this year uh, with Gonzaga, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee, and UCLA. Wow. It's going to be a great field this year. But back to back to one. Um, this is big, I think, for this team, for, for this Hawaii men's basketball team, I think for a couple of reasons. We got that one-half glimpse of what he did against UH Hilo and he was raining shots down. He looked like, I think, what everybody expected of him and then some. If he is that, after two years of not being able to play in a regular season game with previous Division One college basketball experience, of course, if he is that, you're looking at a Hawaii team that has a good chance of being a top four, maybe top three, Big West contender. I say that realizing that some of the best players in the Big West from last year are gone. Zion Pullen uh, transferred to a Power Five school. Latrell Wright, uh, Zion uh, was with uh, was with Riverside. Um, Latrell Wright Cell was with Cal State Fullerton. He's transferred to a Power Five school. Some of the best players from last year: Dawson Baker from UC Irvine, Power Five school. One of the best point guards from UC San Diego is off to uh, not a power five, but he's at another school. Mm. Anyway, while the best players have left the conference, Hawaii outside of graduation now has a stacked backcourt. Uh, Matthew Cotton comes in from Yale um, as a as a transfer. Um, you have McClanahan. You've got Munoz. You've got Coleman. You're you're loaded at guard. Um. You know, Munoz's teammate from high school, uh, McCoy, Justin McCoy, uh, transfers from North Carolina. He'll have his final year of eligibility here. There are some really good pieces that could make this team really competitive in the Big West next year, you know, if if the injury bug doesn't hit. And I think 
this news today, I think, packs the kind of excitement I think fans have been kind of waiting for for a while. This this thought that hey, Munoz can play, we might we might be able to go somewhere. We might be able to do something special here. I mean, I I feel like if there was ever a time for him, it would be it would be now. I mean, he's playing on borrowed time. It's it's In pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be feeling good, you know, after this NCAA ruling. If I'm him, and there's truly nothing to lose, you can kind of go out there with no pressure. Yeah. Uh, to just kind of go out there and and enjoy it. And uh, from all of my athletic experience, that those are the times that you play the most free and usually success comes because you're not trying to go out and do anything more than kind of what's already within um, your skill set. And you, you go out for the pure joy of, um, of playing the game. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to grab anybody else, maybe in transfer portal or anything like that. I feel like it's going to come down to getting some help at big man. Yes. You know, down low and you know, some, some rebounding help, some defensive help down low. Um, I still feel like that is uh, a big part of what Hawaii needs to build upon to be successful. I think where um, where, where the Bows are fortunate, I mean, you lose Kamaka Hepa uh, to, to graduation. Uh, we'll see if he gets an opportunity here uh, in summer ball. Uh, he's had He had some workouts with some teams prior to the draft, wasn't drafted, hasn't signed a two-way deal. Uh, but you lose him. You need Bernardo De Silva to be healthy. Uh, he's back. Um, you know, you, you want to see what you have behind that. Cause that was one of their, I, I think kind of thin areas last year. McCoy should help kind of at the four position. I, I think when you, when you bring him in, okay. um, I think you're at this point, pretty much. Is there a done. chance of more sec coming back? Yeah, there is a chance. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about, about more. Yeah. I mean, he's only going to get better. Uh-huh. Um, I think you're really done at this point. I know there's some recruiting being done. I know the coaches are on the road recruiting, um, but I think you're a lot of that view is going toward 2024, 2025. Mm. So if, if they can shore up the front court, like you're talking about and, and be a bit stronger there, um, this team could contend as I say, top three in the big West, the new format, you get a double buy as a one and two seed. Juan said it uh, when he met with the media today, uh, that's what you're kind of aiming for. Yeah. And he thinks he, he thinks they can get there, and I think they can get there too. Basically, just you make it to the championship game of the Big West Championship, and you're into the big dance. Well, you got to win it. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah you got you to win Still the only Big West. a one seed. It, it's a one-bid league. A one-bid league. Yeah. The, gotcha. The, this league is not good enough, um, you know, I think to – uh, to be a more than one bid league, and they're most of these mid majors are like that. Um, but I think what they're trying to do with the new format, down to eight teams, one and two get the single buy. Or I'm sorry, one and two get the double buy. Three and four have the single buy. Um, you know what they're trying to do is eliminate like a good team being sent home by like a surprise eight seed playing in a championship where you're one and the two have the advantage of rest and being able to, you know, kind of have the right of way into the championship game as long as they take care of business, hmm. which makes sense. And it's the same thing on the women's side. You, It's all about the, uh, the, the tournament credits too. You want to have your best representative into the NCAA tournament. You want them to win games because the money you get from those tournament credits every time you play and you win 
benefits the entire conference. Yep. Um, so you uh, you want that to help you. I I I think the question is going to be, and, and competition's good. I love competition. Yep. You got a lot of guards, a lot of capable guards between um, Munoz and McClanahan, and uh, we'll we'll see how Cotton fits uh, fits into the mix, and then Noel Coleman. You only have you only have so many spots. Yep. Um, how does that all factor in? We'll find out as we get closer to November when the season starts. But I think that's going to be one of the uh, one of the challenges that this coaching staff. It's a good challenge. One of the good challenges this coaching staff will have to work with is um, figuring out how to get all of them the right amount of playing time to be successful. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, texter, by the way, from the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, texter from the seven nine seven. Palm Desert is basically a retirement community. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere. At night, it's pitch black. Huh. Well, never been to Palm Desert. Um, I will uh, I will judge it for myself, although, frankly, at night, I don't care if it's pitch black because I ain't going out. It's also the land of like a thousand golf courses. Yeah. Uh, well, Indian Wells is is not far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Coachella Valley. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's what Southern California. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, they do have a minor league hockey team that plays in that uh, 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 plays in that arena. Palm Desert's a little closer to in, in Riverside County, by the mm. way. Um, Palm Desert is home to the Coachella Valley Firebirds. They're going to be in their second year of uh, the AHL, and you know me. I'm a minor league hockey fan. Mm. Got to see the Bakersfield Condors. There we go. A couple of years ago on a on a baseball trip. Enjoyed that. Um, and the owner, by the way, it's an 11,000 11, seat arena. It's a public private partnership between uh, Riverside County, Oakview Group, Seattle Kraken Hockey. I'm guessing that's the affiliate mm. of the Seattle Kraken, and Live Nation. Live Nation's the one that puts all the concerts together and For stuff. For Coachella. So it's not a surprise when you see, well, yeah, Coachella's in the area, but it's not a surprise when you look at all of the things that they have in the next couple of months. Paramore? You know Paramore, right? I do know Paramore. Okay, good. Paramore's great. Uh, Brian Adams. Okay. I'm trying to see what you do and don't know. Uh, Tears for Fears. Don't know that. Everybody wants to rule the world. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dirk Bentley. Nope. That's country. Okay. Um, and maybe the uh, the best one. It's not a not a concert. Hot Wheels Monster Trucks Live Glow Party. Take my money. <laughs> I figured that would take your money. Uh, oh, I I buried the lead. Sting, Peter Gabriel, Kiss, Ooh. and Madonna and Stevie Nicks. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All of them. And you say it's dark in Palm Desert, California. Wow. If you're in the arena, it's not. Rock and roll every night and party every day. He did it, not me. Come on. (laughs) Some kiss, baby. Hey, uh, make sure you check out uh, the latest episode of Athletes. It's at ESPNHonolulu.com. And uh, on our uh, on our YouTube page, that most recent one, check it out. There's um, there's some great content in there. It's basically athletes eating food at a place with food 
with uh, with Cole Mausoff from uh, uh, from our uh, our digital teams. Check it out. Uh, YouTube, ESPN Honolulu website, ESPNHonolulu.com. It is athletes. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Traffic here off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Rolling you into your weekend. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes on my right. Uh, I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, they appear. They do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Trading to Mia coming up just after the bottom of the hour. Uh, Waiakea High alum and uh, a Gold Glover at second base at Air Force. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later on. If we had to summarize this show, for, for those that are just tuning in for the first time, uh, they missed the first two hours. First off, where have you been? Secondly, <laughs> if, you, if you had to summarize the show in two sentences, how would you summarize today's show? Just fun. Not two words, two sentences. Two sentences. Two yes. sentences. Okay. Um, Can you tell I, I did not prep him for this? Did not prep me. Josh you, is a you, big fan of throwing curveballs at me well, when I'm sitting I, fastball. Well, I, I figured, you know, some of this stuff where we try to have a little more fun, if you prep it, it takes away the fun. Sure. It just sounds like it's really like forced content. Um, so just fun is one sentence. <laughs> Unless you were meaning just is one sentence and fun is the other. No, I'm not going to be caught in a Charles Barkley uh, three words and then come out and say six. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to start over okay, instead. All right. Uh, you're my giving, first sentence. You're giving a mulligan, Mr. Golfer. Thank you. Thank you. First sentence would be delightfully. It was delightfully off script. But second sentence. Take out the but. Okay. Yeah, because we're not supposed to begin the second sentence with the but. <laughs> That's correct. Um, second sentence. Liz is. It's a, been a lot of the fun. Way, she's a writer. See, I think she went to school for writing. There we go. So when you say don't start a sentence with a but, she's like, yeah, you guys only figured that out now? Yeah, I know. I went to she's, school for this She's stuff. critiquing us from the other yeah. room. I um, know. So, okay, uh, repeat those two sentences, I'm sorry. Um, you forgot them already. I forgot them already. Josh, this is not a good that way to start sum. the top of the hour. That is the sum the of these two hours. unscripted, yep. off script, but blank. But, but fun anyways. Okay, all right. I Delight- think that was the, the, the gist of it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how much of that went over the air or didn't go off there the air. There we go. But delightfully uh, uh, delightfully unscripted and off script but fun, I think is what I got from there that. There we go. Something, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's a good way to sum up two hours of the following. Victor Webinyama nicknames that didn't stick. Yep. And um, based on that, a random recollection of a fragrance commercial. Oh, yeah. Um, so, basically, that stunk. By Giorgio Armani. You didn't get it. You, that, that that joke just went right over your head. A fragrance commercial. Yep. That stunk. That stunk. Nice. I got it now. Okay. Yep. Right. You, uh, <laughs> you need to have a little more buildup and some pause before the punchline because I'm waiting for it, but you've already uh, delivered it. See, the thing is... You can't have on on radio. If this were if this yeah. were on TV, um, if anybody were willing to want to put this show on TV, um, you could get away with like the dramatic three second pause. Uh-huh. 
Um, you get three seconds of silence on the radio and everybody's running for their lives. Like, what are you doing? Why do we have dead air on the radio? Why is there silence? Then I get text message alerts. Why is there dead air? Yeah. I can't pull off three seconds of, like, dramatic silence. It doesn't need to be three seconds, but if you said something to the the degree of a men's fragrance commercial that, well, kind of stunk. Okay, yeah, that's, that's that's why you have your job, and uh, <laughs> I'm not good at mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm the color guy. I bring the flavor. Uh, uh, yes, we, we talked a little bit about the draft, which there we is go. part of where Victor Webinyama's mm-hmm. uh, nicknames came into play. Um, one storyline out of the draft that we really don't have much clarity on is Damian Lillard. Yeah, Portland. He's He is still a member of the Portland Trailblazers, and there is a very big question as to whether he will be one uh, by the start of the 2023-2024 season at the end of October. Uh, the general manager of the team, Joe Cronin, uh, yesterday after the draft was asked about Damian Lillard's future with the team. This is what he said. Dame badly, badly wants to win. And he's probably being more vocal about that than ever, but I don't look at that as a negative. He's bought in, he wants it to work here, and he's challenging us to get it done, which I think is more than fair, and he's earned that. Blazers GM Joe Cronin uh, at their post-draft press conference. You hear that, and what do you take away from it? Uh, I feel like they're kind of playing damage control Mm -hmm. right now. I think he's hoping... That that statement about him really wanting to win means that he wants to stay here and we're going to build around him. But that time has come and gone, Josh. I've, I don't feel like Dame owns, that owes the Portland Trailblazers anything anymore. No, no. And to that regard of him really wanting to win, if that statement is true, and I actually agree with that, if you want to win, get out of Portland. I think it's time for him to go. You know, I don't I I don't believe that Damian Lillard thinks that he owes Portland anything. I, I it feels like we're past the point or at least he is or at la- at least the team is past the point where it's like who owes who. Like mm. Damian Lillard's made it pretty clear. Like he wants to win. Yeah. And he also wants to win in Portland. And there are a lot of things that I respect about Damian Lillard um, because I think he is as as straight up as it gets, um, you know, without being obnoxious or without being like you know over the top ego guy. Like Damian Lillard deserves to have a gigantic ego because he is one of the best point guards um, in the world and one of the best shooters. Yeah, um, but he he doesn't carry that over. At least what we see publicly, he doesn't really carry that over into um his attitude and so when when i when i hear him say he wants to be in in portland and wants to finish his career in portland i believe him i i believe every every breath he takes as he says that sentence i want to be in portland i believe every word he says and, and i i don't think joe cronin's lying when he says um he wants the the team to figure out a way to win I believe it. If he wants to put pressure on on Portland to find a way to win, I believe it because I think that's what he wants. Yeah. More than anything else. What but here's what I think and he deserves it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely he does. Here's what I think is missing. 
because I, I think you said something earlier, and I'll, I'll play off of it. There is something missing in that exchange that I don't think we are privy to. How much of this is Damian Lillard says, I, you guys need to figure out a way to win. You need to figure out how to make this team competitive. I want to win here. I want to be here. And how much of it is, if you guys don't think you can deliver a winner here, just tell me. Yeah. That's and and, and Joe Cronin's not going to say that out loud. He's not he's not going to put that out in a in a post draft presser. He's not going to say that in a one on one interview. I'd like to believe that if Damian Lillard was interviewed, he would. Yeah. I think that's what's missing. They had a define the relationship talk behind closed doors. Is that what you're getting at? Um, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I I could buy that. Where one party says, hey, I'm here. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know who's, when we say defining the relationship, we know which side has to, make, has to uh, figure out its own definition. Yeah. Because one side, being Damian Lillard, has made his definition of his side of the relationship pretty darn clear. Pretty clear. And as... <laughs> upheld his end by far no one wants to be in a situation and i'm and i'm thinking of this from damien's perspective you want to be somewhere everybody you you know nobody i shouldn't say nobody i'm sorry most people when they go into the nba have the goal of playing professionally and, and and achieving the ultimate goal is winning a ring Winning a championship. Hey, hey, some people are in there because they love the sport and the money's a bonus. Some people like Latrell Sprewell. I want to feed my family. Um, yeah. you know, there are uh, pe- there are many different reasons for for people to do what they do, and I and I do believe that most people you go in winning, wanting to win a title. Um, Portland has not really been close, at least not not anywhere in the, in in recent times. Not since and the bubble. That is something that should eat you alive. Because Damian Lillard's not 25. You know, he he has uh, five, maybe five more years left in the league. Maybe, maybe more than that. I'm, I'm Damian Lillard seems like he's been in the league for like 20 years. Yep. Um, at some point, if his goal is to win a title, he's 30. Oh, he's got more than five years. He's 32. I don't know why I felt like he was 35 years old. Um, at some point, if your goal is to win a ring... And you've put in the time, you've put in the work, you've been loyal. It, it, at some point, you want to feel the the fruit of that. Yep. And it's not just a basketball thing. I I really I, I also believe it's in, um, it's in it's in most maybe not most but many occupations. You know, you can work somewhere for twenty, thirty years, feel like you have reached a, a, a really good point, maybe a leadership role in your company, whatever it is that, that you do. And yet that leadership role you feel only takes you so far. There's something that's missing. Um, you know, maybe you're not seeing the success that the company would like to see. Maybe you're not getting the bonuses or the rewards based on that. You don't feel like your team is appreciated um, by those that are above you. And you feel like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm great at what I do. I know I'm great at what I do. My company knows I'm great at what I do. But what's around me? If what's around me is not good enough to hold up what I do, 
and to make what I do and what my team does and this company successful, and I see something across the street that it's up and coming, it's a competitor, but there's a lot of accolades, there are people there that know what they're doing, there's a more appreciative culture, there's a chance to meet goals, get bonuses, be rewarded, all those things. You could be somewhere for a couple of decades. And if you don't feel that, yeah, you're going to take a hard look at what's across the street. Because at the end of the day, you do have to look out for you. Yep. Especially if your bosses, if you will, if I'm looking at the front office, you know, in mm-hmm. Damian Lillard's uh uh, case, if they're not looking out for your best interest in the same sort of tenacity yeah. that you are looking out for theirs. I mean, it seems like he's playing with his heart on the line every night. Yeah. Um, And they're, they're not one of those teams that is constantly making moves. Yeah. At least that, that's the way that it seems. Uh, since the uh, CJ McCollum trade, I don't know really much of what's gone on or up there since then. So, right. man, find a way to get, you know, Bam up there. there. There's been some talk about that. I don't know if there's much weight to that. Uh, we'll have to wait and hear from our boy Wojnowski. But, um, Her boy. Yeah, I, I say that in kind, of course. Because Woj knows us. <laughs> he should. Just kidding. Um, you and Woj have gone out for drinks. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually his source on all uh, this stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Josh isn't buying that one, guy. We'll keep that quiet, (laughs) just like he does. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, you you know how it is. Um, Damian Lillard owes nothing to anybody, and there are so many people in this league that would love to have him. So I think he doesn't control. The problem for Damian is he doesn't fully have control of the situation. Yeah. Right? But he has more control than most people would because he's been there for so long and his voice is reputable. Mm. And if he says to Portland, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like you've done enough. I want to do this the right way. Um, but I want to I want to find a way to compete. and This is not the place. So please let me go. I think if you do it the right way, they'll they'll do that. They'll grant him that. If it gets ugly and it gets public and it gets really gnarly, yeah. it may not happen. You might see like a holdout, actually. From what I, I saw, he has been quiet. And that's smart of him to do. Yep. Let the process play out. Take your time. Watch what's happening. Don't make rash judgments. Let your agent speak for you. Talk to the team. You know, just know what's going on. And that's that's another reason why I, I'm such a, a big fan of how he carries himself when it can be really tough. Yeah. Because that team carries the entire Pacific Northwest, and it has been rough for a while. So, I mean, I'd love to see him stay in Portland for the rest of his life because I think that that fan base deserves someone that loyal. And someone that loyal deserves a fan base that is that good to him. 
I agree. That's a, that's a match made right there. Um, but both the fan base and the player deserve an ownership and a general manager that wants to deliver something. They don't want an Oakland. No. Oakland A's. They don't want that. They want, you know, a, a serious... Um, they they want to they want to show that someone's serious about bringing uh, a good product there. I think I think that's what makes the difference. We'll check on traffic here. Uh, your texts, your calls coming up in a moment. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, trading to me is going to join us. Gold Glove second baseman, Waikia High School alum. Uh, playing at Air Force. Uh, we'll talk with the trade in about eight minutes as all of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, Phil Steele's going to join us next month. Fun. Uh, I was trying to reach out to Phil because uh, his his uh, college football Bible's out, and I reached out to, to Phil's people, and I said, yeah, Phil's not doing radio until July because that's when everybody that's that's when it, it's like crunch time for when everything goes out and, and all that stuff that's so. gentlemen start your engines time for exactly. college football and phil's one of my favorite people to talk to so uh prepare for that uh phil Steele, uh sometime in july his preseason all mountain west i know um <laughs> you you said i'll i'll share what you said in a moment uh cam stone the transfer from wyoming yep. uh first team uh all First team corner, first team defense, second team offense, Tyler Hines. Second team defense, linebacker Logan Taylor. Uh, third team offense, uh, offensive lineman Solo Vipulu. Uh, John Tui Tupo, third team defense. He's on the defensive line. Going to fourth team, Jalen Walthall, the wide receiver, fourth team offense, and best yet, Solomon Landrum, fourth team, special teams, long snapper. Awesome. Which is where you were going because uh, you loved the fourth team. Well, yeah, they, they only actually give out, I think, three teams. Usually, yeah. Usually just three teams. Um, so I guess his fourth team is another way of saying, um, it, it, like, special consideration. Or, or maybe there's a, enough talent in the Mountain West to deserve a fourth team. Now, I'm, maybe I'm stretching there, but all the love in the world to long snappers. I, what's the gauge there for long snapping? Oh, here, here's the quarterback. All right. Uh, what's the gauge for long snapping? Can you consistently get the ball in the pocket where it needs to be? Maybe there's, maybe there's a pop time similar to catching. Oh, maybe from hand to hand. There, there might be a quicker one. Mm -hmm. Now I, I, I played division one football. I, I don't know what, those measurements are have you ever long snapped yes oh okay i want to hear this i have well, in about 30 seconds just on a practice uh level but it's uh -huh. actually much more difficult than you would think okay um and on a punting perspective long snappers take their tackling very seriously mm -hmm. getting down the field uh um, and and making a play so i almost wonder if that is being put into consideration here too I've never seen a long snap. Me neither. On a, on but a, I love it. Award list. So. I'm a fan of it. Maybe you know what? When we get Phil Steele next month, yeah, we'll ask um, him. Let's ask him about that. Uh, I think that could be trading to me a calling in. 
Uh, Traden's going to join us coming up next, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Right now, traffic, it's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. All right, final words uh, coming up, and we'll go to the text line. Apparently, uh, someone wants to know from you, Hunter, uh, how you feel about uh, Phil Steele's belief or lack thereof of Hawaii's run defense. Mm. Uh, that coming up in just a little while. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, visit alohakia.com. Uh, see it in a Kia. Uh, I remember trading to Mia from uh, from his high school days at uh, at Waikia High School. Went to UH Hilo. Now is at the Air Force Academy, and he's a Gold Glover. And Traden joins us now, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Uh, Traden, congratulations to you. And uh, had you ever foreseen your journey from being at a, at a at a high school on Hawaii Island? to D2 baseball, to D1, and getting one of the best defensive awards you could possibly get in Division One college baseball. Could you have ever foreseen this? Uh, thank you. First off, thank you very much. Um, honestly, no, it's kind of a hard thing to see, but, you know, um, just trusting in God's plan, and, you know, he works in mysterious ways, and to see it all play out like that, it was kind of awesome to see, but, you know, just that route and this award is just a testament to all the people who supported me along the way, all the coaches, all the teammates, family, friends, everybody who was there for me played a huge part in it. It definitely wasn't just myself who won this award. So big props out to everybody. You know, I'm reminded too. I, I think of, um, I, I think of second baseman from the big Island and I, and, and, and granted Colton Wong, didn't really play second base when he was at Kamehameha Hawaii. He was more of a catcher. Um, you know, we see what Stone Meow is doing at uh, at the University of Hawaii, playing second base. We see what you're doing, um, playing second base. Why is it that second baseman, it seems, from Hawaii Island are doing really, really well? I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence or anything, but, you know, when you have good guys like Stone and Colton that play second base, it's easy to um, work towards something. And, you know, especially with this award, it's easy to visualize it with someone like Colton who's been there and done that. So I definitely have good role models to look up to. We're talking with Traden Tamiya, uh, gold glover at second base, plays at the Air Force Academy. He joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. When the three finalists were announced, were you surprised that your name was on that list? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's always something where, um, when you see your name for something on that kind of caliber of an award, it's always surprising, but, um, just again, you know, it, it wasn't just me and it made me feel really thankful for all the coaching staff at Air Force and Coach Warren Arcaki, Coach Kainal Correa, to name a few, just mm-hmm. a bunch of guys that supported me along the way. Um, it just made me feel really appreciative for them, and they brought me to that place. So it definitely wasn't just the work that I put in. It was all their effort as well. Warren Arcaki, I haven't heard his name uh, in a long time. Uh, I've known him for a long time, and, and uh, of course, Kai Correa, uh, who's with the San Francisco Giants as uh, as one of their bench coaches, 992 fielding percentage for you, uh, just two errors, which is very hard to do uh, over the course of an entire season. That that is incredible. Um, you decided to go to the Air Force Academy after uh, a year at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. Why Air Force? You know, I always 
growing up, there was always something inside me that wanted to have a purpose, uh, whether that was something bigger than myself. But um, when I spoke to Coach Mike Kozlowski, the head coach at Air Force, he really inspired me. And, you know, it, it definitely wasn't a normal college visit. You got to see everything that goes on, and then you got to talk to the cadets there, and everybody was awesome. And it's such a big family environment. And when I mean family, like, there's 4,000 cadets there and every single one is going to be your brother and sister and help you out with anything and everything that you need. So to see that kind of environment and what the facility and the school is like and what they can offer, it's just, it was just amazing. It was jaw dropping. So it was such a great opportunity that I couldn't pass up. That sound you hear, by the way, uh, people texting Traden to me is saying, Hey, Traden, is that you on the radio? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm guessing, are those the texts you're getting right now? Um, yeah, there's been a bunch and, you know, it's just, it's just awesome and it, it fills the heart to get these kind of text messages. So I'm very thankful. That makes us feel uh, pretty popular, bro. So thank you. Um, <laughs> um, we, bro, with such a phenomenal season, I, I want to dig into the, the, the player side of things. I used to play a second base now to, to produce that level of consistency, what goes through your mind every pitch? Are, are you wanting the ball hit to you? Um, are, are you going about it aggressively? Maybe talk through um, the, the mental approach that, that produces that kind of results. Yeah, um, confidence is always going to be a key thing for me. Um, I, I'm always going to want to want the ball. So that with that aspect, it makes me a little more confident to make these plays. But, you know, it's it's all the – hours of work that the coaches have invested their time into me and all of that help that I've been getting. And, you know, that really helped me prepare for moments like that. So it doesn't feel like a jaw dropping or over the top moment for me. So a big shout out to all the coaches that helped me out throughout my life. I owe it all to them. That's awesome, man. Uh, who, who on your team hits the best fungo? <laughs> Honestly, all of them. Co- Coach huh. Kaz. Coach Kaz will swing that fungo, man. He he will hit you some lasers. So it's it's always fun. It's always fun. That's awesome, man. What well, one real quick one? Um, we we usually cover a lot of uh, football in the Mountain West. Uh, we're going to shift over, obviously, because you're in the Mountain West for baseball. What's your favorite Mountain West stadium that you've gotten to play in, besides Air Force, of course? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I think I think. Either San Diego State or Fresno State. Um, they both have really awesome fields. Uh, San Diego State was awesome because we got to play in the conference tournament last year over there, mm. and Fresno State this year. So those two stadiums are awesome. Um, the fans there, each city represents really well. So it's always a fun atmosphere to go play in as well. And the good thing about those two fields, because I've I've been to both, um, San Diego State for the Tony Gwynn Legacy, Fresno State because Hawaii played a a non-conference game there uh, two seasons ago. Those are the two pitcher-friendly ballparks in the Mountain West because Mm. everywhere else, and trading, you can speak to it, everywhere else, people can hit uh, home runs like it's just, uh, like, like, like they're just eating Skittles, right? Yep, and that's the cool thing about the conference, too. It's always an exciting ball game, so you never really know what to expect. I thought you'd say it's the most stressful thing about the conference if uh, <laughs> if that's all the things that were happening. Yeah, you know, you're always you're always in it. You're in it until the last out is made, so it makes it really exciting. When you see yourself, and Trayton Tamiya joining us, uh, Air Force second baseman, gold glove winner um, from Hawaii Island, uh, 
when you see yourself beyond baseball, because you said, and, I, and I'm glad you said it, you know, wanting to fulfill a purpose that is bigger than yourself, that is that is greater than you. Um, what does that look like? Uh, what, what does that look like as a uh, as a member of the Air Force with the uniform on? You know, for one, it, it made me really appreciate the game of baseball a lot more and allowed me to see it through a different lens. Um, growing up, it's always been something that you push for and it was your life. And now being at the Air Force Academy, you kind of take that differing viewpoint where baseball is fun and, you know, it's a blessing to get to go down to the field every day and play that sport. And now that I graduated from the academy, you know, the game is different now. Um I'm thinking of the profession of arms instead of the game of baseball. So instead of picking up a bat, I'm putting my hand on a stick to fly a plane. Um, so it's, it's totally different, but it's awesome to see that the perspective that I had for the game of baseball really changed and my appreciation for the game really increased. Um, and, and I meant to ask, and I should have asked this earlier, but describe to me the life of a student-athlete at uh, at the Air Force Academy because it's not just about hey okay you got practice for X amount of hours it's not just that you've got a game on this particular day or class uh, or, or yeah it's 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 different than any other student athlete has um, at, at a non service academy across the nation take me through what that's like yeah it's definitely a full day um, waking up around six to six thirty we have um, morning formation at six forty five from that we try to rush to breakfast around seven fifteen ish. Hopefully we can make it by then. Uh, we start class at 7.30. Classes run from 7.30 to 11.30. Um, all the, the whole cadet wing will sit down for lunch at 11.30. You'll eat within 15 to 20 minutes, and then we're headed down to the field until around 6 p.m. Then we'll make it back up to our room and start studying and hitting the books from 7 to some nights, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, and then waking up all over again. Gosh. Um, Did you say you were at the field for close to like six hours a day? Yeah, you know we're we're not practicing the entire time, but it's it's also just such a relaxing. It's like that sounds our awesome. From the academy, uh huh. So we get to spend a lot of time with the guys, which makes it very special. I, I'm looking at your um, your your Twitter bio, um, and I see director of player development. Is is that was now that you've graduated? Is is that is that your new title? Yeah. So. I am waiting, awaiting pilot training, so I have a year, kind of like a gap year between graduation and pilot training. So I got lucky, and I got stationed back at the Air Force Academy, and with that, I'll be the director of player development for the baseball team. Wow. Well, you know, hearing how you've just communicated with us, bro, like there's evident leadership stuff that's already kind of being cultivated and developed with you, man. And as a former student athlete myself, like I just want to commend you on just kind of how well-rounded uh, – you seem obviously we don't know each other but you've got life outside of just baseball and your your worldview is bigger than just the diamond and i think that's going to speak volumes to um the kids that you're able to help along their path and and help them towards whatever goals that they have with baseball or um beyond that so i just want to kind of encourage you in that man thank you very much i really appreciate that trade and tell everybody back home i said hello um, and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch now that uh, uh, director of player development at the uh, at the Air Force Academy sounds like a really really cool title. Um, and you you've earned all that going back to your high school days. Uh, you you have earned this opportunity, and I couldn't be happier for you. So congratulations and uh, continued success, man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time.
All right, that is traded to Mia. Shoes trade. Uh, senior, graduated, uh, gold glover, now director of player development at the Air Force Academy. He joins us courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at alohakia. You know a guy. That's a day. Uh, yeah, it is. And you do that, you're successful still. You're, uh, you can't two errors the entire year. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's unbelievable. When you said his fielding percentage at, what, 992? <laughs> that's crazy. And that's over the course of 59 games. Two errors in 59 games. That's as, about as close to perfection as you can get for a season right there. Yeah. And then you add to that. You know, take out the gold glove numbers. He hit 329. He had the third best batting average on the team. Yeah, I'd want him as my director of player development as well. I I, I just want him as someone, well, he's, when he's going to be, he's going to serve our country. Um, yeah. It's another, it's another reminder that we have someone who is on our side who is uh, one A of the stud. Best. Yeah. Someone yeah. you can trust. Uh, can't be happier for trading. Uh, he joined us. If you missed the interview, you can check it out on on demand. Uh, off the bench on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. M. Dyer Global Scoreboard is brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, lots of Major League Baseball today. Uh, games in progress. Uh, top of the seventh in Los Angeles. Dodgers three, Houston two. They're going to the sixth over on CBS 1500. Giants have an eight to four lead on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Storylines today. Cincinnati wins its 12th in a row. Uh, an 11 to 10 win over the uh, Atlanta Braves. And in that game, the uh, the storyline today, the cycle that was hit um, by the uh, the uh, the Reds rookie today. Rookie uh, phenom. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. His triple in the sixth, uh, setting the cycle, first cycle for the Reds since June 2nd of 1989. Uh, absolutely incredible. And if you want to look ahead, uh, College World Series kicks off uh, the best of three. College World Series Championship Series kicks off tomorrow between fifth-seeded LSU and second-seeded Florida. It's an all-SEC final. Game one tomorrow, uh, 1245 broadcast time over on CBS 1500. You can watch it on ESPN television. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global, always on the move. Uh, texts, final words. It's coming up off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Our thanks to uh, Trade and Tamiya for joining us a short time ago. Good to catch up with him. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Want to get to the text line before um, we go to final words. This texter uh, for the 497. Phil Steele Football Magazine predicts Hawaii has the worst defense versus the run in the FBS. Really, Hunter? Three question marks. You know, I'm sure a lot of what this guy's um, measurements are based off of are the previous year. Oh, definitely. So based off of last year, I, I to that texture, um, we did horribly when it came to stopping the run. Horribly. That that was, I remember talking on Hawaii Football Now, that was our number one shopping list need was help on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they went out and got that. 
um, with guys that are even incoming um, this summer for for camp. So um, that was going to be my next question for you because I was going to ask you, yeah. uh, have you seen anything that gives you confidence to make you believe that Hawaii will not be what Phil Steele predicts they could be? Uh, I mean, at, at this point, every year you get new recruits. It, it's so difficult to make um, make a hard answer at this point in the process, but whenever we're at camp and I'm at practice and we're, we're seeing how we look on that front, um, I'll be able to get a, a little bit better read there. Um, I think Steele is just basing it off of track record. Um, I am going to be an eternal optimist as a former player, uh-huh. and I bleed green, so uh, I'm hopeful and optimistic that we will be a little bit better than last year because it's I'll, I'll be honest, hard to be worse than last year. So um, I'm I'm definitely bullish towards that. All right. Uh, final words. We've got ourselves a good four minutes, so uh, why don't you get started? A little football off-season trash All talking right. going on. Uh, Jamar Chase, when asked who uh, was the best quarterback in the league besides – um, besides Pat, that was the question. Oh boy, that was sent to him. Oh, his this response. Is the trap question. His response was, "Who's Pat?" Because he's of course backing up his quarterback, Joe Burrow. And for those that don't know, Cincinnati is blowing up this rivalry between them and the Chiefs way, way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, um, even the the Cincinnati mayor has come out and done some things publicly, you know, towards the chiefs and different things. Um, Travis Kelsey hit his podcast, him and his brother, they have their own little podcast, Jason. And he basically put Jamar chase in his place and said, don't you ever disrespect Patrick Mahomes? I mean, Mahomes is a two time MVP, two time super bowl MVP and two time super bowl champion. Uh, no discredit to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is top five, right. in, in my opinion, going to be a, a great quarterback for the next foreseeable future. But you can't be talking trash about Pat Mahomes. Man. You know, the only way you could have saved that, though, is by saying, Pat, oh, I thought I, I didn't know because I didn't know you meant Patrick Mahomes. Because yeah. how many people call him Pat? Pat sounds like um, your little brother. No, Pat sounds like my grandfather's name. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, no, no offense to anybody named Pat, but um, that you don't. I guess for someone of I've Mahomes known women age, named Pat. My grandmother's name was Patricia. There you go. Um, and people, nobody called her Patricia. Pat they Pacheco. Pat. No, that wasn't her last oh, name. Oh, sorry, right? different one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've never thought of Patrick Mahomes. I've never called. I don't think I've ever called him Pat. I haven't called him Patty. Maybe the boys um, do. I, I guess that, but that could have been his way out of saying, "Oh, I'm not trying to inflame anything." Just didn't know you called him Pat. Yeah, that's all. The, the, that's to me though. That's LSU boys sticking together. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, my final words. Um, this has been an interesting week of things on the water. Um, I'm not going there. <laughs> or under the water. I'm going to the around the world race. Yes. Uh, there was a, a crew that was approaching the Strait of Gibraltar yesterday. 
uh, between Europe and Africa. Yes. Yep. And this is Team J-A-J-O. So as they were approaching, a pot of orcas. Killer whales. Yes. Love it. Started circling the Dutch yacht, then accelerated into it, rammed the yacht, and bit the rudders. They banged on the hull of the ship to drive them off. Um, they called it dangerous. They were able to uh, uh, kind of withstand it. Another team had a run-in with orcas. No injuries uh, suffered there. Um, that ocean race, I could not imagine. Six months, 32,000 nautical miles, and it's still going. Uh, 11th hour racing team of the United States. They lead as they enter the final leg. The uh, import race July 1st is the grand finale. I don't know if this is like a known thing, but there's a pod out there that one of the orcas got got hit by a boat, and the rest of them have been communicating, and oh they're boy. taking it out on boats. That is not good. I'll see you Monday. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is next.